Welcome to BA Chats. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your host, Rachel Koontz. And I'm the other host, Kevin Koontz. <laughs> my husband. Nick, you're supposed to be a hostess. Though, right? I'm the hostess, Rachel Koontz. This is my <laughs> husband, the host, Kevin Koontz. We're so glad to have you. BA Chats, Bethel Atlanta Chats, exists because testimony means... Do it again, God. Come and on. so the Lord is so happy and so hungry to live through us and do wonderful things in us and for us. And, and he's just, you know what? He's, he's the one that started this whole thing. He's the big motivator. He's yep. the one with all of the passion towards us. He's and the so pursuer, isn't he? He's yeah. the pursuer. So when we hear testimonies, it's appropriate and wonderful for our hearts to leap and say, Father, do it again. Yeah. Do it in me. Do it with me. And the other reason that it exists is that we have so many wonderful, powerful people in our body. And we just, it's hard to get to know somebody when you pass them five minutes swing by in a church. And so this is a great opportunity for you to get to know some of the people who, the gold that is in our midst. Bethel Atlanta is a special place. Bethel is just a special place full of special people. And boy, our guest tonight is one of the most special people I've ever known. (laughs) Leif Hetland. Welcome, Leif. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. You're just honoring us. We appreciate you. Oh, it's my joy. Well, you ever feel like you're in that you're in a place where you're like, oh, I'm in a room with the giant. <laughs> <laughs> this would be one of those times. <laughs> you are a blessing. We appreciate you. So many people know you. Um, I think we're going to be hard pressed to find anybody listening to Bethel Chats that doesn't know Leif. But just a little bit about Leif. Yeah. So you are an accomplished author. I have read three of your books, and I wish, I know I need to read more, but how many books have you actually haven't written? Nine. (laughs) Is it really nine? It's been nine books. The first one was called Soaring as Eagles, and that was a long, long time ago. And yes, it's been been a beautiful journey. (laughs) And I think the last one was called To Rain. Yes, so the culture rain. rain was the last one about the three chairs, which is wonderful. We've had the honor of watching you do three chairs, and it was super helpful. Yeah, I've been struggling chair too lately, so I better. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the problem when you've written a book. Everybody knows which chair are you in right now. So <laughs> right. Like, oh no! <laughs> so they're watching me. <laughs> Life is now in chair two. <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, good to know. I'm back again in chair one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, and I'm accountable. Yeah, to that's right. Chairs. I know that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So you're also the the. Uh, co-founder and president of Global Mission Awareness. Tell, tell people a little bit about that. Well, uh, in 1999, uh, uh, I was on staff in a large uh, church, and I had just been caring for a while that that we, I mean, so much of my calling was the least last lost. It was the ones that had never heard the gospel. And already I had been going to you know, almost 50 countries back then. I had Whoa. seen some amazing things. And uh, the spirit was moving and everything else. And just a small group of us, we came together and we prayed together. And so the whole thing with global mission awareness was more, we wanted to serve both the whole body with primary two things. One was to raise up a mission force, but also to be able to touch the darkest mission field. And especially with a focus on those 1.7 billion people that are living in the world that have never once heard the name of Jesus. Still today, this is not 1999. That's no, that's today. not in 99. So it's just because, wow. of course, the population of the world has grown to about close to six point, no, excuse me, 7.6 billion people. So, Whoa. But I still uh, had an orphan heart, orphan spirit. So it took another year after my wife and myself, we, we started Global Mission Awareness, a mission organization with a whole purpose. Here's what we're going to do for God. We're going to finish the unfinished task. We're going to get the gospel to every person. And here's what, I mean, we just 
teenagers, uh, but mainly as an orphan that wanted to do this for God. So I was living for God, but not from God. And I think my life was about to change because a year later, after I planted this mission organization, uh, I suddenly had a baptism of love and I became a son and my life was changed. So the paradigm, uh, you can say why we did it and how we did it and every, all of those things changed uh, already a year afterwards. And that doesn't mean that the assignment has changed, but the alignment has changed. And that's, oh, that's uh, I would powerful. say, probably one of the most beautiful things because before your value was based upon what you did instead of who you are. Wow. And something just was free when I realized I don't have to do this for God. I get to do this from God. Uh, and there was such oh, wow. a paradigm shift instead of living from pressure just to be able to live from Papa's pleasure, knowing he's already well pleased with me before I do anything. And that was such a paradigm shift. So so that was kind of in year 2000. Now, maybe it, it was almost like the birthing of it again. We had birthed a baby, but everything changed already a year and that was 19 years ago. Next year, we're celebrating 20 years since we started Global Mission Awareness. And, and today, we've become actually a kingdom family movement. So we were first a family, in a sense. We came from a family paradigm. But then about 12 years ago, the shift was more to becoming a family of families. So in 22 countries, we do have a culture that is changing culture. And so we more become also a, a family for a lot of our other families, like Destiny Ministry, International Kingdom. Uh, multiplication ministry. So we have about 985 churches connected, but oh. we are families together in a synergy and oneness. Uh, everybody has a place at the family table. And now we travel around the world and have family gatherings and just getting to hear a story about what Papa God is doing around the world through ordinary people that had just found their place at the family table. Did you ever think that it would grow to this kind of massive outreach? No, it's uh, it, it's definitely out of control because again, it's uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, wow, yeah, that's great. That's it, awesome. It is. it is just very very overwhelming, and I think that the pre, the, the, I mean, the greatest joy for me is is to see all these superheroes, as what I call them, the goddess right stuff. A lot of my sons and daughters, like I did just an interview uh, a couple of days ago with one of them, and he wakes up in the morning. His name is Jeff Yun, and uh, some of the people maybe know he, he's in the documentary Christ in You. But he wakes up in the morning, just hearing from Papa God, he has a whole list of all of the things that Papa God is going to do. And then he just walks out there and then cancer is being healed and lives are being changed. And he just goes through his list and getting picture over people. And he's just living the Jesus life in such a supernatural, natural way. And just when I'm sitting and listening to that story and realizing, wow. And then hearing the next story. So every single day I wake up because somewhere in the world, somebody else is going to bed and they just, you're getting the stories. And when you talk about the testimonies, and I think that's when you realize how rich you are, that even while I'm sitting here, I know that there is a movement that all the things I've dreamed about is happening, even if I'm not doing it. And that's being a father. That's the joy now is to see the sons wow. and daughters and then see the next generation after that again. I can't imagine how the world is going to look like. Yeah. Oh, it's almost gosh, like it's so helpful. They're just reproducing <laughs> after their own kind. <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah. They just keep on multiplying. Yeah, they're it's amazing. Like, it's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. I so super appreciate your perspectives. It's so, and which is, again, uh, what we wanted to know, too. Uh, it, it, 
because again, when we, we knew you were coming in, we're like, oh my goodness, of all the things we could ask Leif, <laughs> I'm like, there, we could be here for hours and hours and hours, but I wanted to hear, how in the world did you get, or, or are you specifically assigned to the Middle East? Is that right? Are you still having lots of ministry there? Yeah, I do, and uh, I've had a heart, but it goes all the way back to June 6, 1995 which is 23 years ago when Randy Clark came to Norway. And I was a Baptist pastor. So it was all a supernatural encounter when Randy went down and did impartation. And when he came to me and he looks at me and says, you're a bulldozer. Wow. And you're going to go into the darkest places in the world where the gospel has never been before. Was that already burning in you no, to go to the darkest was not, places? No, there was nothing. I was a Baptist pastor. And if you were to ask me, what is your dream on June 5th, the day before 1995, I would say, my dream is to see my Baptist church go from 185 to 200. But I was almost burned out. It was so hard work. And then we had a few funerals. And so we had to go out and win more people. And it was like... That was my dream. But something changed. I, I call it my baptism of the Holy Spirit and baptism of fire experience, June 6, 1995. And something just shifted. So I don't think it was not, it was not so much just about the Muslim world and the Middle East. It was more something happened in my heart where I felt the Father's heart for all the people that he loves so much that never have had an opportunity to experiencing his love so something there started to change in my life and the second aspect of it also i started to watch the news on television what's going on in the middle east on other places and so first i started to notice that i started to have tears i started to notice something is changing on the inside and i could feel that there was this justice element and this we need to make it hard for people to go to hell and easy yeah. for them to go to heaven but but they've never once the reason is so darkness they've never experienced the light Wow. So something started at that, and it was a tough journey because that was in 95 that you had the importation, but many times importation comes in a seed format. So the journey of that seed before the reality. So it started about six months afterwards was my first trip to Pakistan and later on into the Middle East. So that's 23 years ago that started a journey, and uh, it's been painful. It's been hard. Oh, I bet. Uh, it's been, there's so, so many things that wanted you to give up in the middle of it. But I think that uh, both my baptism of love in 2000 and a couple of other uh, encounters or upgrades with God has kept me going in the middle of a lot of the things. So, yeah, I think that I just, it was definitely, uh, somebody asked me just a question the other day. I said, well, how did you end up? Why would you? chosen and I kind of joked around that many are called but few are chosen <laughs> and I said let me explain how this kind of a Calvinism and Arminianism works and there's all these people there Bethel Atlanta and God says who would like to go to Pakistan many are called and then somebody raises their hand. Okay, I choose you. You're the only one that volunteers. <laughs> so, so I say that's a joke. So I think that the reason he chose me, I was one of the few that raised my hand. Okay, can you use me? And but then you didn't realize the process you had to go through many times before you became a message that suddenly started to that God could use. And it's it's been a beautiful journey. But uh, I'm in love today. And yes, uh, uh, that's just one of the parts of the world. But that's uh, that's the part that probably my heartbeat beats the most. But it's more 
the darker the place is, the better my light shines. Oh. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah, well, because you just don't hear lots of good news coming out no, of anywhere in the world, really. But especially the Middle East, <laughs> you have been such a... I think you were one of the first people that we started hearing not just good news, but phenomenal news. Like, whoa, what is this man saying? We came to Georgia probably 10 years ago. Mm. And when you... You came right after that, I think. I'm forgetting my years. Yeah. But I remember when you would talk about the Middle East, I remember calling home, all my family at home, and being like... Uh, you will not believe this and just start researching what was going on. And it's been the good news to us for, for all this time. So can you share some of the wild stories? Because again, we're saying good news and it sounds so like, Oh yeah, good news. It is wild. The things that you encounter and that go on with you. Yeah. I think that in the earlier stages, so much as I was saying before my baptism of love, uh, it was still because not a power was there. So we did both uh, out, uh, open meetings, outdoor meetings, big crusades and uh, just kind of a raw faith authority sure. you go after it and saw and again science wonders and miracles is what was taking place where people i said it was science that makes people wonder and then as a result <laughs> they met jesus and i think even in the earlier stage the first creative miracle I, I i never forget it because it's in 1995 23 years ago so here you are a baptist pastor that hadn't seen a whole lot and even in the first time you know, when you went there uh, there is this person that they had carried on a stretcher. I didn't know it at the time. I just saw a group of men with long beards and brown eyes. I mean, I'm, you, Kevin, will look a little bit more than me like some of these people. But, but it is. A, so here they are coming towards me, and I'm thinking, they're about to kill me. I mean, I had never been in this. And they were coming towards me, and it looked like that. I mean, this is a mass, probably six, 7,000 the first night that has come to the meeting. So here you are, think about a little Baptist church, and this is the first night. Wow. And then, uh, but what I found out a story, these friends that brought their friend, and they carried him on a stretcher. He was quadriplegic, had fallen down 12 years earlier. And they put him on the top of a bus, seven hours to the meeting, and they carried him to the meeting. And then the presence of Jesus showed up in the meeting. And then when the presence touched him, and and he starts to feel these waves coming over him, and he stands up. So these are the Muslims. <laughs> oh, so when wow. they came towards me, I thought they were going to kill, kill. That's what I thought until I got closer, and they were actually shouting Jesus in Urdu. Whoa. So now they are just because Jesus had healed, and something just changed. Something It's kind of you've been fishing all night, getting very little, and now you're like, this is a new way of fishing. This is another way of, of, oh. of living and loving. Wow, this is what it's all about. <laughs> and then you saw blind That's eyes awesome. open. And, but it was especially one lady that opened up her burqa and said, I, I, I prayed a prayer and I, I got healed tonight. And I was thinking, whoa, and I, I got saved. And I still have the picture of this lady. And I was thinking from the joy of her salvation and healing, I was so excited. And then she said, but how long have you known about this Jesus? And I was thinking, well, my country, Norway, we've had Jesus for a thousand years. And as long as I've known, I've known about Jesus. And we had a translator and she said, why didn't you come earlier? Oh, life. Because she said, my husband, he died and he never got to hear this good news. And my son died last year of cancer and he never got to hear this good news. Why didn't you come earlier? The people in my village, they've never heard about this Jesus. Why didn't you come earlier? And I still think that this lady has been the biggest motivator for me to when I kiss my wife or children. And many times, at least seven times over the years, I knew I was never going to come back because it was... You can call it a suicide mission, but it was just totally impossible. It's just you're going into something. And you were prepared and you went. Yes. Well, so it, was, it, it was very, very tough, uh, very difficult. And there's been a lot of horrific situation over the years where you just, I mean, it's just a total miracle 
I have some scars, but a miracle to be alive. That's just a totally creative miracle. Because so many times you stepped out of the boat and on water, and if Jesus doesn't show up, I mean, so uh, in the middle of all of that, you you yeah you have started to see you stepped into situation and into territory. So some of the miracle we've seen, but that lady I never forgot. That's kind of when you oh, feel this the price is a little bit too high. And then I remember mm. this lady and thinking about this one more. Uh, there's been some phenomenal meeting when I mean I remember in one place where the gospel had never been two thousand years. There's never been one Christian, no prayer, nothing for two thousand years. Where were you? I'm in Pakistan in a oh, region. Two thousand years. Yeah, so there's never been in that region. It's totally darkness. And then we came there for the first time, and in the middle, I mean, within three days, the environment started to change. And there was one person all the way back that didn't have a chance, but the presence of God touched them, and all during the night. The father took him home and thought, nothing happened to him. But the present continued to work. So even after we left, I was so grateful. The greatest creator miracles I've ever seen, I saw that night. But I never forgot that father. But then 24 hours later, I'm in a different city. And then I get the call through my translator. You don't know what happened. But even after you guys left, the present continued, filling up people in their homes. And the And his father brought this 12-year-old boy in. And all during the night, this present of the waves was just coming over him. And by the morning, he stood up and walked into his father. And he's been quadriplegic all of his life. Whoa. And so wow. I carry those testimonies. I carry the pictures. I carry the videos. Uh, Everywhere I go, on my iPad, on my phone, I have pictures. So there's been so many significant uh, experiences, including I've had the top Muslim leader of the biggest mosque has been here at Battle Atlanta. I brought him with me. I don't know if you were there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. remember. Yeah. I was like, whoa, it was yeah, so, awesome. Yes, yeah, so we, yeah, yeah, so it's just been amazing now that because they become family to me. And now it's, there was about 10 years that was a very, very, it's still hard, but it was a very high price because nobody understood you and you didn't understand yourself either because you're doing <laughs> something when you are a forerunner and you're doing something that I didn't know anybody else that has done. So the Christian, how could you be with these people that are persecuting us? And the Muslim wanted to, a lot of them wanted to kill you. And it seems like everybody was coming against you. And it was, it was very, very difficult. But then uh, over a period of time, it took about 10 years, you started to see some of the breakthroughs on a larger scale and favor started coming in. And, and uh, the byproduct now is when I travel around, uh, everywhere you go, if I'm going to a lot of the mosques or I'm going and meeting them in their homes and meeting these people, they are like family to me. It's like... Because the baptism of love, that perfect love I feel towards them, has just changed. Oh, so wow. <laughs> and you're still seeing all those signs and wonders and have since you started your ministry. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been incredible. But I'm in a season, and it's part of what we are doing actually uh, this coming week. We're going to even share it in church when I'm there. But just feeling that there's an upgrade in power happening again. I constantly realizing lately I've been, I'm very grateful for some of the things I see. But then I also, I know what's happening when, you're standing there like a child with brain cancer. Or you're standing there with a lot of cases, especially in the Western world. I've seen some creative miracle, but I'm sensing in this season, I'm, he's bringing me in and just inviting me to another upgrade to receive more so that I can become more. So I'm very grateful for what I've seen, but I, I've never had more hunger and thirst than I have right now at the age of 52. So I'm, yeah, so it's just, I'm very grateful for what he has done and it doesn't take away my gratitude. And at the same time, but I realize if Jesus 
if Jesus had been in this situation so many times, I know I would have seen more than what I'm seeing. And so I need more of him in this season. <laughs> what does upgrade look like to you? My word. I feel like we just got an invitation with the golden ticket. I know. You know what I mean? I mean, really. I feel your upgrade on you. Oh. What does that look like? Where are you? What? No, I think that the constantly, if we're going to go from glory to glory, and I'm not trying to talk any kind of technical language, we have to be in glory to go from glory to glory. And if not, we always do sin management instead of glory management. That is helpful. So, but the glory to glory, the two that is between, that's where the challenge is. So sometimes, as I said, the whole process is learning to receive more. But the process, the two, is to become more. Now you're going in and... Mm. The difficult for me when you know my chair message too is just that. So then I'm realizing to go wider, you have to go deeper. But then there are subtly things that you thought that you have dealt with. And when love goes into some of those areas, there is pain that is coming out. So just the practical things for me to be, be, be honest on August 2nd, it's been 20 years since my car accident where suddenly in a day, and this was connected to my calling, even if it didn't happen there, but in a moment, here you are strong, you are full of faith and everything else, and you end up in a body cast. And So this uh, was 20 years ago. You had a car accident and ended up in a body cast. Yeah, August 2nd. So there Whoa. with a broken back and broken ribs and leg and seven surgeries. And Whoa. so this whole thing and was sitting there in a wheelchair. But so you play ball with your kids. You love skiing. You have a whole list of things you can't do and you can't do it any longer so now you're living in the tension with chronic pain and some of people know the story that from 95 i destroyed my neck so i've had two different incidences so in the school of chronic pain so in the middle of that tension and then seeing all the things that god is doing but also having certain limitation so i just decided i came in jesus came to save that which was lost not just those Luke wow. nineteen ten. That's that which was lost. So when I realized, okay, wow, what awesome. is all those things in my life that the enemy has taken from me? He is the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus always came to give me life and life more abundantly. But as soon as I started to go after those things, so I even went public, which sometimes is dangerous. I went public and said, hey, I'm going to order my ski vacation because I know I can't ski. I'm not ski. All these things I couldn't do and then all the opposite seems to happen so that's often this <laughs> this paradox this tension you're living in so i've just had a season where i'm like now i i i realizing inviting me into an upgrade but in the middle of not just now receiving more the becoming that's where the tension is because now you've been taking both deeper and higher and wider and longer into the ocean of love so mm-hmm. that the fullness can dwell in there. So you can have as much fullness as you're comfortable with love. So then, but then when love takes you into some of those places, there's things there that still are not comfortable with love. And when those things comes in, those areas are not comfortable with God. So he takes and replaces that, but then you get squeezed, some of those things comes out. And I'm like, God, what's going on? I said, well, I thought you wanted an upgrade. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> this feels like a downgrade. And he says, well... <laughs> So that's kind of been a little of my own tension in this season where, yeah, I do feel there is an invitation to an upgrade. But the tendency, if we don't know, we go from glory to glory. So when all the wind comes against us, ah, that's what's taking place. I'm going from glory to glory. And now the enemy, I'm taking new territory. He doesn't want that. That's what's taking place. And what God is doing, he uses all of these things for good. So now he's taking me deeper so I can go wider. Oh. I did want to go wider, but I didn't like 
this deep, deep thing that is going on. So when you see that coming and you know, oh, it's upgrade, but then you, your next thought is, that means there's going to be some hardship. <laughs> what do you do? Because this is all of us. You're totally right. I mean, this sounds like the process of a seed goes into the ground and it dies mm -hmm. before. <laughs> it's the dying that's so difficult. Share with us, help us. Like, what do we do when we're dying? Sometimes it is just to surrender then okay. to the process. It's kind of, I remember the first time in the North Sea in the ocean when I was a child. I remember the, 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 the tide just pulled me out. And one of the first things I remember, just stop fighting it. But suddenly, just let it take you out for a moment. And it's, sometimes that's what it feels like. Uh, Monday, I had just one of those days where uh, I felt in the end, uh, the enemy even came in with shame and guilt because you felt like, you felt like a failure. I mean, I know about the chair number one. I know about the giant slayers. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I know about sonship. I know about, and then Jen had even spoken about, hey, free, and let's get drunk in the spirit. It was like, and I'm like, I want to be drunk in the spirit. But Monday was one of those. Wow. And it's like Monday came along and it was just one of those Mondays. And by the end of the day, I just felt, I felt the enemy was even blackmailing me in the end of the day because I knew that somehow when I got squeezed, it was not just love, joy, peace that came out. There was other things. And then in the end of the day, I heard this little bit whisper from Papa. And I thought, and he says, he said, thank you, son, for standing. So there's times that you get hit and you get broken. You're maybe not taking new territory or anything else, but just stand. I'm just going to stand. And that's all I was able to do that day. And the next morning i woke up again and won some battle it was maybe three step forward and two back but i just even that papa that little voice that even when i got knocked around i was still standing in the end of the day and that that, that papa was well pleased with that uh, so i'm just trying to be very uh, real uh, Thanks, in, in the middle of what's going on but i do uh, it's it kind of was it a craziness now because we are releasing this e-course to help other people. That's been my dream for quite a few years. But it's almost like even when you're going to release something to other people, you yourself going through these tests. Tell right. us about this because this is a big deal, your e-courses. It is a very big deal to me also because... If you can say my special sauce, it's like if we're sitting here and I and I've, if I taste a little bit of, of Kevin or Rachel and taste your special sauce, that's connected to family. I can taste certain things that can become part of my special sauce. And that's what honor is. You honor a prophet, you have access to the prophetic. Awesome. So I just realized that, I mean, we're all sons and daughters of glory. And then I, I realized that if I'm going to do what God has called me to do, I cannot just run around to all the places like I have. So I was like, how can I get people in processes? And it started with actually a group of stoic Norwegian men that said, hey, we want a baptism of love like you had. And then I stopped for a moment because I was tired. I prayed for 400 other men in a men's conference. And wow. I stopped for a moment and the Holy Spirit just says, eh, ask them, would you like just a liquid love just to flow over them and then them having an encounter is going to change them? Or would they like a seed of love? And then let that be rooted and grounded. And then let that seed become a tree of love. And when they go home to their marriages and their businesses, now you can create a force and it can be multiplied. Which one do you want? So I just started to mince. And then when that happened, they all looked at me kind of strange. And then I imparted to those guys that was around. But that's also just became clear for me. How do we receive love? If you're saying the seed, how did that seed now go through the process so that you become love? Because he says that God, love is not just something God does. Love is something that God is. First John 4, 16, God mm -hmm. is love. And then the next verse, he says, as I am, so are you. 
So now it's not just something that we do, it's something that we are. So the process from receiving something to becoming something and then learning how to release us and get people into the cycle. They may be on a level one and level two or three, wherever they are, but this is a whole lifestyle of just receiving more, becoming more, releasing. Receive, become, release, receive. And this whole rhythm. So I just took him through and then I decided who has helped me the most in the area of love so I took uh, people because I wanted them to go into my well of what I've spent all these years digging deep into because there's so much knowledge out there but wisdom is not where to get out some of these things I want to give those tools available and help people in the processes so they could do it themselves Uh, thank God it is Monday for a school teacher or whoever they are (laughs) businessman or salesperson so they have the tools available they don't have to wait for the conference or they don't have to be for the meeting or reading the book it's but I, I i create both video and curriculum and application and things that they can do and then i interview heidi baker how do you receive love what are some of the things and then i have people like sean bolts uh, david wagner some of my friends i bring also i go to their special sauce make that available i dig the gold out of them and make that available wow. so i finished the love and the love has been out and we tested with 500 people and it's been phenomenal the story as people have just started that journey and now we're releasing this week, and it's not even public yet. But oh, are we hearing power, it first? Power. Receiving, <laughs> becoming, and releasing power. And Bill Johnson, oh. Randy Clark, and, and a guy that we just, I just did, Jeff Yun that I mentioned, a, a spiritual yeah, son. But so. just think about it, if we are 400 people at Battle Atlanta family, and to have access to all these, to coming in and digging the gold out of these people, and then how do I receive more power? How do I become more powerful? And how do I start to live that just on a daily lifestyle? So this is for everyone. It doesn't matter if you are out there having a worldwide ministry or if you're a housewife, just need more power for today or you're facing the powerless situation. So, And then the third series... It's going to be another six months probably before it out because you have to become the message before I can release it. And, <laughs> right. so, and that is wisdom. So my thing oh. is, if I can deliver something, is how would it look like for Rachel or Kevin or any one of us to be full of love, full of power, and full of wisdom? Oh. Sons and daughters of glory that will show us how Papa looks like. Love, power, wisdom. And constantly get people into that cycle of more love, then you can have more power and more wisdom. It's like an eagle. The body is love and the wings are power and wisdom oh, wow. so that we can soar anyway that's kind of a <laughs> so exciting you are so excited I'm, I'm so excited in a candy it. store over there yeah it, it, it is i'm just i'm very excited mainly because the pain and the process to be able to become it and also i know wow. the process it's kind of you take i try to be careful what i said but if you take this precious wine that has been there for all these things all these years and certain temperature where the grapes have gone through and what they were crushed, but also the winter season for what, what it went through for that before that wine was produced. All of those things that leads to now 20 years of somebody digging out the best of that and then mix those grapes together and to make that available to our family. Wow. That just wow. excites me because even to train the palate so they can get hold of those incredible tastes. Like that is love, power, and wisdom. So this is an e-course. How can people get hold of this? Like, where do we go? We call it Rain, and of course that's part of Battle Atlanta too, Rain <laughs> in Life academy rain and life academy and it is not like you join a school directly inside you're just part of a family and a movement where you now are connecting with other people that just wants to there's the three foundation and pillars of my life constantly wow. going after more love more power 
And I've been in the wisdom for the last three years specifically, focusing on that, but then becoming it. How do we become wise? And it's not what is the good thing to do, but what is the wise thing to do? And mm. knowing what wisdom would look like, and even to sit at a table with wisdom, yeah. because wisdom is a person. And as, so that's kind of my thing, is at this table, there's not three people, we are four. And that fourth person, he's so full of love, he's so full of power, and he's so <laughs> wise. And when we are with him, something happens with us. <laughs> Whoa. wonderful guy. <laughs> so the Rain in Life, is that rainandlife.com? Rainandlifeacademy.com. Yeah, rainandlifeacademy.com. Yeah. And Perfect. we're going we're gonna to share more of that also, of course, with our Bethel family and, and other families. And But that, that excites me because it's, it's the tools that I wish was available. I've had the honor, oh. and including on Monday, I'm heading to Australia with Bill Johnson. We're going to be together this week, and I get to be around a lot of amazing people. That's so going in and all these years of being around people that has been in processes that has become something, and then to make that available to the larger part of the bodies. If they had an opportunity like you are, and we're sitting together, what would be the questions? What is the life we can get out of that so that we can have access to that? That's what I want to make sure is happening. Life, thanks. Thank <laughs> you. Like you're breaking off the best parts of all of you people and just giving them to us. We appreciate you. Thanks. I bet you guys have a good time on these trips. Oh, amazing. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. I have a lot. It's a lot of laughter, a lot of fun. What does and, it look like if you don't mind me asking? Asking, like you guys, what you sit around the pool? Do you see what do you do? I, th- I think you see a little bit of everything because before, I mean, sometimes you are in very intense atmosphere because it's conference setting and it's just, but this one is, this is called the Moore Conference in Melbourne. So when we all there, this is so nice because we have breakfast again together, we have lunches together. I mean, we're hanging out together Good. and we do life together. And that's what I, now at least I do, 80% of what I do is I'm around people that I can do life with. We still wow. do some of those conference setting, uh, but also I love being around people that over years you build relationship. You do not compete with one another. You complete one another. You add value to one another. And everybody has mm. found their place at the table and you get to be yourself be authentic (laughs) and it's just wonderful you don't have to be a copy you can be you and then find your place at the table and find out what is your special sauce and how can you add value to the other ones that is wrong so we laugh we share life but i also love like some other people we share stories that there's it's kind of iron sharpens iron so you so when you're sitting in hearing about other breakthroughs and other things it does something with your spirit the ones you're with is also some of the ones you become like so that's why i'm so grateful for so many of them it's kind of when their stock goes up your stock goes up because it is a family business and that's why uh, yeah i do have a lot of fun now i bet you have a good time (laughs) (laughs) i bet you guys are hilarious and fun well we haven't heard about your family here in atlanta tell us about your family (laughs) yeah jennifer uh, i think everybody knows they call her sometimes mama jen here if you're mama jen you can find her in the nursery as much as you will find her in the front row Uh, she she is a mama with a big M. Uh, we have been married for 29 years. Oh, and wow. Yeah, it's awesome. That is and, awesome. And, and we've had just also a season together that has been the best time of our marriage. So that's another upgrade that it's even greater than any other upgrade. I love hearing this yeah. is people, I mean, we're 20 years, but so 29, you're at your favorite place. We are in a favorite place. Yeah, and wow. just, uh, it's almost, uh, there's a convergence taking place and I don't know why it takes so long, maybe because I'm gone so much, but, uh, <laughs> but we, uh, but it's been a very precious time. And uh, as I was saying, we live here in Peachtree City. And we are part of Battle Atlanta. That is our family uh, when we're at home. And we're very, very grateful for that. And then we have four children. Our son oh. just moved to Atlanta, which we're oh, very great. grateful. We didn't know. 
Oh, yeah, well, so he, he moved to Midtown or right there with Ponds area. So like that's a big deal to have a, him close because has he been abroad, right? No, he's been in Nashville. Oh, yeah. okay. He's been he in Nashville. Yeah. Right. And Courtney, she moved back to Norway. Oh, gotcha. So she, she's there. And then Lila Ann, she's married with Rayvon. And so they are in the air and she works in our office and is part of the ministry. And Catherine, she's still living at home. So she's the only one that's at home. Nice. She's 21. And she's right now actually in Ireland. She went to, from London to Ireland. Yeah. So, so we live here in this area. And when we get home, this is home. I often get tears in my eyes when I land in Atlanta, something I do once or twice a week because I know this is my city. This is my home. And I just, something happens in me when I land here, when I'm here. And wow. so. Wow. That, Can you feel that out? What is it? Like, what well, are you feeling over Atlanta? Well, I, I just, it's a strange thing that it's hard to put words, but I've lived in many different places. Like I was born in Norway, raised, lived in several places there, as well as in the stateside. We lived in different places. But something happened when I came to Atlanta. And I knew it's a, first of all, it's home. Wow. And I, I, second of all, I do know that God has called us specifically here. And and God is doing something with a city. For me, there's a combination of many things. Just a prophetic picture that Coca-Cola, anywhere you go in the world, people know about Coca-Cola. I mean, That's I've been awesome. in the middle of the jungle of Congo where they've never heard of <laughs> Jesus. These small pygmy people, we had to take a little Cessna airplane for two days dropping us off in a field. These people don't know anything. They have not seen anything. But they knew about Coca-Cola. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yes, yeah, so Coca-Cola has been able to do that job. And we believers have still not been able to take the sweetness of Jesus. So that's one thing. And CNN is another one that has out of this place kind of touched the world with news. And so I do believe that both prophetically speaking, but also to see how the enemy in sense of reconciliation and racial situation. And we had a day with Alvida King a couple of years ago. We got the inside stories with the King's family and spent some time. She's but a special lady. Very special. We just had some time there that did something to me. Uh, not long ago, I was at the Buddhist temple, met with some of the Buddhist monks. I've been at the biggest mosque a few times here. But just the Hindu population, we have a neighbor that is Buddhist another one that is Hindu. So the world is here in Atlanta. And from wow. Atlanta, we're touching the world. And for me, that that was born for such a time as this. I, I hardly have to go to the nation wow. any longer. I mean, all over. They're coming to my neighborhood. They're coming all over. It's like, wow, I'm so excited. It's wonderful. This is amazing. I mean, to represent a good, good God and how amazing people are, how loved they are. And be able to represent Jesus in such a beautiful way. So it's a good day to be an ambassador in Atlanta. This is super encouraging yeah. since we don't go all the places. I'm going to have this perspective now. I'm like, I just have to go into Atlanta. <laughs> I'm going to minister sure. to the nations. Yeah. Even in Peachtree City. They were here. Really? Like, wow. It's yes, exciting. It's it really is. I'm very excited. Okay. So the last time that you spoke at Bethel, you mentioned ministering reconciliation in the killing fields and the story, the story that you shared, Leif, I was boo, I left boohooing. Mm. I was like, I, I, can you tell us about that and tell people a little bit of what the killing fields are? Yeah. And, uh, I, I spent about 260, 270 days of the year travel and but a lot of my ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. I believe that every nation have a redemptive gift, meaning each nation carries something that God wants to restore and redeem, meaning the purpose why that nation exists. And that nation carries something that the rest of the nation needs to see to reflect who God is. That's Wonderful. beautiful. So when you're looking at Cambodia then and you're looking at some of the roots of Cambodia and what God intended for that nation, then you can also see where the devil has attacked 
and see where the enemy has attacked. That's often also connected to destiny. So what happened with a nation also, the enemy tried to strip the whole identity of that nation, maybe in more horrific way than most nations have. All nations have scars and everything else. But Cambodia, when I both started to hear the story and read about the story, and I had been to Cambodia before, but something happened in me where I, uh, sometimes we operate as a lion and sometimes as lamb. And Jesus is both lamb and lion. But the lamb's heart of me, I knew I had to be broken. You have authority over what you love, but you also have authority over what you weep over. So sometimes just to be broken over what God has broken. And I knew my trip to Cambodia was different. And I had to go to the killing fields where pretty much what happened, especially in 1975, but over over 3 million people were slaughtered in the most gruesome, brutal way. The most horrific killing that almost the Nazis in in Second World War kind of compared. It was equal to. Yeah, it was was so evil and so horrific. So what they have is even there's a museum where you go and you see the skulls and you see these oh. things that I don't even want to describe because you so, get scarred so much, especially when, when you move with empathy and wanted to feel what the father feels and how much he loves that nation and how much he loves the people and then to see what the enemy has done to his family. To coming oh. in and feeling that and then going in, they have both, as I'm saying, museum and then you walk through the killing fields and you see these things and, and you see all the torture methods and everything. So I, I was totally broken over that and now I kind of could understand the people and even the guy there had lost several family members and one of our friends, they lost 32 of the 34 connected to family with the most horrific killings. So just so I, I'd known those stories and felt the people, but I couldn't understand them. So the first meeting I did was in the largest setting in Cambodia. We had 4,000 young people and I, I still have it on the phone, And I but bet. I've released the baptism of love over those 4,000. So when that perfect love touched that hidden core pain, that's when I realized to what degree. And so love moved in and you hear the scream of 4,000 young people as waves and waves of love filled this huge place. And I was so broken afterwards when I saw how deep love went, but also how much pain when it came out of these people, 4,000 young people. But then I also realized that it was almost like I said, Papa, this this is so painful. And who could be so gruesome? Who could be so evil? I mean, when I saw what the enemy has done and pretty much when I met especially some of the older people that had lived through through 75 I mean I was born in 73 this is my lifetime it's almost like a whole generation is gone and it's so scarred so I decided a a friend of mine his name is Steve Fry has been a hero in Cambodia lived there and his wife is one that went through it She's the one with the family members. There's coming a book about her. But I want to go up there. But I felt the Holy Spirit said, no, Leif, you're meeting all those people that need healing and brokenness. And and I was ministering to them. And we were bringing about 500 people that all have had horrific memories and just going through that. But then he said, what about the ones that did it? How do you love them? And it was almost like... You heard that for the first time actually there in (laughs) Cambodia. Well, I've heard similar in Pakistan. Because when, when they killed some of our people, uh, because there was a time when I, I loved the victims, right. uh, the ones that had been raped. You can go and minister, but what about the rapist? So in Pakistan, it was the same. I had dealt with this before, but this was on a different, it, it was a totally different setting. So I had been faced with terrorism. And uh, if, if you look at the terrorist assault, can you see the Apostle Paul? Oh, gosh, Leif, can you say that again? I said, when you're looking at the Teresol and you see the stoning of Stephen and you see the horrific things, are you able to see the Apostle Paul? So do you treat people based upon their history or their destiny? 
So this just did something very deep. So anyway, to, to make that story short, so I, I asked, is there somebody that knows? And eventually I got to meet some of these people. I still remember, and I have some other pictures with them, with the tattoos and the skull, that had symbols of all the horrific things that these people have been through. And now I just started to feel the lamb of Jesus just, life, I died for them too. Whoa. Oh, I, I, I love them too in the same way. I love them. They are also victims. They are also, the, what horrific evil and torment have they gone through to do such a thing and just capturing the father's house towards them and i was broken and then we did this meeting together where i invited them and everybody and the victims together in this meeting and that's when the verse that i share with you luke 19 10 with this lady she came up with a testimony i still remember somebody was deaf and mute that got to hear and somebody blind got to see and so we had these powerful healings and miracles that took place because jesus came to save that which was lost not just those but that and in Cambodia to come oh. with that message. So there is this one lady comes up and, and I have that on my phone because I got a video of it. And she comes up and she said, I, I don't know how to read and I don't know how to write. And the translator is saying, and I'm like, okay, what is her testimony? And again, I couldn't understand. I, I don't know how to read and write. I mean, I thought so, sure. this is testimony time. Sure. And then I remembered a verse. And then what was her story? So Steve Hyatt, who is the translator, said, okay, what is your story? She said, they would kill anyone that had education. So our parents just, they make sure that we don't know how to read and write because that maybe could save our lives. So I never got an opportunity. And I realized all over the room, all these people don't know how to read and write. They never got the opportunity because, but then Jesus came to save that which was lost. Wow. And I'd had a desire in my heart. So we opened up the Bible and said, okay, can you... And it was actually in John 3, and I have it on the phone, I can show you have to. But then this lady, she, she's like, but I, I don't know how to read and write. It's in Khmer, the language. And it's one of the most difficult languages. I think it's like 140 letters in their alphabet. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she's like standing there, and then she opens up, and we just open up the Bible because Jesus came to save that which was lost. And then she starts to read. And you see the tears. And she starts to read the Bible. And she starts to read and read. And She's I have it on the phone. supernaturally starting to read. reading, yeah. And then Whoa. 84 other people in the room, because the testimony of Jesus releases. How many else here? And actually, it was also a group of other women that have had a supernatural. They came up and prayed. And it was just one of those moments in my life that I never forget. But it was so much connected to the Lamb's nature of Jesus. <laughs> that if we can just wow. capture, uh, we can be lions. And there comes this authority that comes. And we can roar if it comes from the Lamb's nature. And I'm in a season of more brokenness, more going in and feeling what the Lamb feels. Jesus is the Lamb. And that's who the enemy is nervous for. But then when the lion then comes, he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah. But when that lion comes from the lamb's nature, when you roar, there's authority. The identity is in the lamb, but the authority comes in the lion. So there's just all those life lessons of brokenness that the lamb, to take that pain and feel in that pain, that's the authority of what you weep. But now also when you start to love, you have a thought you can roar into that setting. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is so helpful. That's so beautiful. Thank you very much. My goodness. I'm, I'm a little speechless. I'm sorry. My brain's like an Etch-a-Sketch right now. I, I want to ask you to repeat like 10 things. Wow. That is beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I know. We're just going to have a chat time around the table like we're having sitting by a yeah, fireplace like and dinner, dinner for the first time. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, we're talking about all these things that gets me to cry. And, <laughs> ah. 
gosh. Yeah, I love it's it. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Now, you're teaching this week. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's right. At Saturday, Saturday, yeah. And okay, it's Saturday. some of the same thing I will share. Because, again, I, I do want to release an upgrade <sighs> in power for all of us in this season. Uh, that's that's great and power for all the uh, season. Do you always, you just teach from where you are. What yeah, is going on with you? Yeah, I, I think we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. Okay. So uh, I, I can teach a lot of things. It's like I said, I'm in a, I've right. been studying I mean, a lot of wisdom, but I have not become a, the message yet. So sometimes it takes a long process from you're studying something, but then you realize it's studying you. That's hmm. awesome. And when there's no longer difference between what you're studying what you become at that moment you can start to share this impartation in it so that's why it's a little painful when you just because you're a little raw in the middle of it but then you can only share from vulnerability when when you're in the raw place and to be real with the fourth to flaw so yeah that's that's where i'm at right now and (laughs) well thank you your process with jesus is changing the planet and blessing us all and making us rich thank you we really appreciate you thanks so if uh, uh, you know a lot of people i'm sure are listening are wondering like how do i get a hold of these resources like where where can I grab some of these either books or podcasts or um, or, or recordings? Where can where can people get things like that? Now, if you make resources available to people, yeah. Even if you look just at my name, Leif Hetland, or Google that, or Global Mission Awareness. Okay. If you look at any of those things, or uh, I hope also even there we can just both with our connect to Bethel Atlanta. But right. it's just yeah. saying that. Uh, uh, but if they Google my name or Global Mission Awareness, uh, there's both books or resources. And we do have podcasts. And of course, also people follow me both on, we, we try to be on, on Facebook and Social. Instagram. Yeah, and just sure. helping people on a journey. And I really, really appreciate so many different people that just, they're praying. Even in our church, I, I appreciate and celebrate our church body because it means so much uh, when you're part of community and you can thrive in community when i'm coming home there is a family to be with but also they are praying for me they are supporting me in every area way so i'm not alone there the movement we have not alone i'm part of a family and a community the battle family and when i get home i just feel i'm just a son of the house when i'm at home and that is an incredible privilege so anyone that is part of the battle family i just want to thank each one of you and oh also thank you guys that i get to be part and and just what it's doing for me and my family to be able to be part of family i could give something I'm not receiving. Well, I, I can't. So I'm, 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 I'm a very good receiver also in, in our community. And just like, I got just messed up by Jen last time and and <laughs> other ones when I'm at home. It doesn't matter who is up there sharing. It's just the different ones. And it's like, whoa. Would you can't get hold of all of those on the podcast? No, no, no. <laughs> well, Leif, thank you so much. Again, we appreciate you. Thank you. Bethel Atlanta Chats listener, Leif Hetland. Whoa, <laughs> just there you go. If you want to Google Leif, he's L-E-I-F. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a whole lot of people who have to spell that. So that was very good. L-E-I-F-H-E-T. L-A-N-D. Hetland. It's okay. like a Hetland. Shetland pony without the S. Hetland. Hetland. <laughs> now no one will ever yeah. forget it. <laughs> yeah. Shetland pony without the S. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, bless awesome. you guys. Thanks for tuning in. You guys remember that Jesus loves you. And we love you too. Come on. <laughs>